Random, random movie generator. Random, random movie generator. Random, random movie Welcome to the Random Movie Generator with myself, David G. Earl, and with my other self, David W. Edwards. Let's use that middle name. Let's. let's uh, I rarely get it out, but it's been asked for me to get it out today, so let's do it. Let's, sh- let's share it and uh, use it. How are you? I'm good. I'm in a focus, like a laser beam, cinematic filmic mood, ready to chew the celluloid fat. There aren't any mornings where you go. I've got to oh, do this every again. morning. I'm what you got? What with this podcast? Oh no, 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 not with this no. podcast. But I always wake up a bit pisse'd off. I don't know why. I'm always just um, battling with myself. You know, getting myself out of the bed, into the shower. Look at my pale middle forty-year-old face. Do you know what I mean? What do like... you think when you look at your body in the mirror? Um. Not impressed, not happy about it. Same here. Just a bit pasty, a bit of a, um, a bit of a stick. It, things aren't where it should be. It's almost as though I'm looking in a mirror that's been smashed. Yeah. It just doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have symmetry or balance to it, type of thing. Do you know what I mean? But I'm sure, sure um, um, that if I scanned my brain first thing in the morning, it'd be very low on, on dopamine, whatever it is. I don't know. I always wake up like a. Uh, a bear of a sore head just can't be done with it folks if caffeine didn't exist Catherine oh uh, uh, not Catherine caffeine oh I thought ca- no, Catherine I want be she sort of pops in the room oh absolutely if so Catherine like, didn't exist lady. hey yeah woo <laughs> sort yeah. of um, in the background sort of laid on the couch type of thing I've already um, painted a very sexist one dimensional folk image of Catherine there haven't I like she's a bong girl with a bikini in the background David <laughs> What's the shortest movie ever made? The shortest movie ever made? Um, there's definitely animated films. There's some that are like in the 70, 70 minutes or 80 minutes. There's the, the last Ninja Turtle film that was uh, produced by John Woo. I remember that being like um, 82, 83 minutes and that being ridiculously short. The shortest feature film classified is called Soldier Boy and is just seven seconds long. Blumenick. I'm wondering, I was thinking... Should we watch it? Why not? (laughs) I'll watch it now. review it afterwards. I'll watch it. Soldier Boy. Seven seconds long. I don't know if I'm going to be asked. I wonder how much effort they put into it. It's five seconds per script page, so you're looking at one page in a bit. I can't find it. That sounds like that sounds like a pretentious art installation to me. The sort of thing we'd have on a loop. Yeah. What's the shortest a feature film can be? A feature film is a film that typically has a runtime between eighty and one eighty. Yes, I think um, the, the shortest ones are eighty minutes because I remember Ninja Turtles just about got in. The uh, it was a CGI movie and they made a massive thing about that and that was like eighty two, eighty three minutes. It was incredibly short. Thing is, and um, they wanted it short so they could show as many showings during the day as possible. 
get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out. I know someone who made a feature film and um, they just kept cutting it in the edit. Cut, don't like that scene. No, it's not quite working. Cut, cut, cut. And by the time they finished cutting, it was like down to 74 minutes or something. Put it back in, put it back in to oh get it over gosh. the age. Just to get it over the 18 minutes. I think so, so, yeah. They yeah. used to call um, Harvey Weinstein before his very dark days Harvey Scissorhands because he used to always really cut the films down because right. he wanted as many showings in a day as possible. Ah, yes, I think you mentioned that before. But also, um, a lot of the time when um, they get like audience feedback, it's about making the pace quicker, faster, and things in that vein, keeping the audience occupied. How did 1492 get through the... Uh... Oh, flippity sk- Who knows? There's no way these days that would survive it. And it didn't survive it back in the 80s. It's not just... It's a completely forgotten Ridley Scott film. I had to have my memory nudged to kind of remember it. Mm. Did you watch any movies last night? I didn't, unfortunately. Oh! What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched... It would have been the film for this. Wow! I thought you were a movie cruncher. Do you know what a movie cruncher is? Somebody puts his canine teeth into the world of celluloid and chews on it. Like an alligator who's just seen a goat sniffing exactly at the water. What it is. Yeah. Drags, drags your lunch in and just, you know, breaks its neck and swallows it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Or one of those pythons who swallows like a massive mouse. You know, if you're a cinephile, you actually, you know, you enjoy it. You slowly suck it in and then, you know, break the bones and then digest it. If you were you listening to this podcast and, you know, you're a big film fan and you're, you're always kind of sucking on uh, cinema information. But if you were you listening to this podcast, how would you feel knowing the film reviewer had only listened to watch one movie this week? I would want, it, uh, would, would want reasons why. Simple as I'd like to take them back and... Uh, would you really, though? Would you go, oh, oh, okay. It's not ideal. I've, I think the thing is, I've got like... I, don't, I mean, Mark Camogue would never make this excuse, but I've got family visiting this week. So my usual kind of like routine was kind of... Because, I mean, there's good stuff out this week. It's quite annoying. There was... I'm not a massive Fast and the Furious fan, but I'd have maybe checked out Fast X, given it a go. There's also uh, Boo is Afraid, um, the new uh, Whacking Phoenix film by Ari Aster, the guy who did uh, Hereditary and stuff like that. So there's some good films. I would have definitely been down at the cinema, but domestic demands were um, were called upon, unfortunately. Did that, did that give you, like, the shivers? Were you like, oh, I want to be down there, mm. Well, I'm a man who like... I know, I wanted... I was in alligator mode. I like the yeah. idea of just going around my cinematic swamp looking for goats, a.k.a. new films, to drag in by the neck and, and wrestle. What do they do? They, they roll them around in the water. I'd hate to be killed by an alligator. Well, obviously, I'm pointing out the obvious there. But the Would you? Her- well, it's Why? thick. Why? Well, you're very... When you go for it step by step, you're very placidly there at the water. It suddenly appears out of the blue, drags yeah. you into the water. Okay, right, It doesn't yeah. immediately kill you. It then just... Um, so you'll, you'll be awake, alive, and then it just um, twirls you around. Like Is that bad? Is yes. that bad? Oh, oh, horrifically. So you're being drowned. Why, like, is, that, why is that so bad? Because you're awake, you're underwater... 
you've got your face against this leather shoe that's like basically a crocodile's cheek and then you're looking at his eyes are looking at you and you're just being rolled around in the water horrifically lots of like <coughs> and you think that's water. bad yeah absolutely horrific <laughs> and you've got his teeth in your stomach okay and blood's coming out like tomato ketchup exploding everywhere like sachet is being like blown up We've probably spoken about this before, but just so we can nail it, when you see the length of a movie, like what what is the perfect, what's the perfect length of a movie for you? What time makes your heart sink? 90 minutes is absolute perfection. So does 91 make you go? (sighs) No, I think... 92? um, Do you know what? It depends. If, If it's a big blockbuster, I know there's a long credit sequence at the end with all the big CGI animators. And I think, well, that's fine. That'll just be the credit. But, um, yeah, 92, that's fine. Even if it's 100 and it's a good cast, I'll meet it halfway. But um, when it starts going into, like... um, Well, for instance, I'm not a big comic book fan. And the last Batman movie I really enjoyed. But it was nearly three hours. And it overstayed its welcome. I've mentioned this before. This is an old one. But um, DDDPPP says in the comments, and thanks everyone for turning up and watching this morning. DDDPPP says, would Ebert have sacrificed the big screen for his family? Absolutely not. Simple as that. Do you know what I mean? He would have, the silver screen is his child, and mother and father rolled into one. I think for people that love cinema and listen to this pod, if they had heard you had sort of take uh, gone to the cinema instead of your family, I think they would have admired you more. Goodness me. Do you, it's, what do you want? Do you want um, family members around your dying bed or do you want admiring strangers? You've got to, you've got to who, do a toss Who respect your s- cinema opinions. I think you want, you want them, don't you, around your bed. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, David, for giving that film four stars so we knew which film to watch. Are they, are they there, you know, when the, uh, the cookies crumble? I don't know. If they were, absolutely. I, you know, I love a legion of fans. I'd like the Edwards cult. I just think that, you know, when things get a bit... Well, it's like Jesus and the Disciples. You know, he had to go through the desert on his own, didn't he? I think they they all fell asleep, for God's sake, didn't they? They wouldn't wake up. David Edwards Movie News. David. Have we got, and I know we bloody well have, and I'm very, very interested, have we got any movie news this week? We certainly have. I'll tell you what, I got, um, on my day, I was having a hell of a day yesterday. You know, not not that it wasn't that dramatic, but you know when something comes on the old internet and it just puts a a shock of excitement up your spine, you just think, oh, I'll have some of this. It's got to be Raiders. Uh, It's got to be Indiana. Telepathic. There you go. Can I read you something that Rufus Jones tweeted? Oh, really? What's that? (laughs) My trite observation observation would be that we all desperately want this film to be a dial of destiny 
that transports us back to our spellbound younger selves. Well, I'm not sure they have the digital effects to do that. I think, um, well, yeah, because the reviews have come out from Cannes Film Festival for Dial of Destiny. And I think James Mangold, um, I think he's going to do something interesting from the descriptions. Apparently, no one knows what the ending is. There's no spoilers. But apparently it's bonkers and it'll really divide the room massively how they end it. The thing is, though, in many ways, I think that's a good thing because I remember the end of Crystal Skull. I really was just not engaged. And I think one of the reasons for that was, you know, the formula for an end of an Indiana Jones film has become so formulaic. The sense that you've got to do something different with the ending to keep people interested. So if they've taken a risk with that, fair enough. But um, from their description, though, it sounds Indiana Jones is quite interesting. The way you find him, he's living in this very sort of beat up small New York apartment. Apparently he's a bit of a drinker. He's kind of lost his way a bit. Um, The opening is supposed to be quite interesting. It's set in the 40s with the Nazis and the DH technologies well executed. David? Yeah? Do you think he dies? Well, the thing is, I mean, I don't know, but there's talk of actual time travel taking place in the film. That's maybe a bit too much. Is it the idea that he literally goes back in time or something? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's he gets lost down some kind of wormhole or something like that. Do you know what I mean? He goes on endless adventures in actual... He actually manages to go to different times. You know what I mean? Something bizarre like that. You saying that, know. and my 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 lips went like that. Yeah, a bit too much. But I, mean, I then heard my 11-year-old self go, stop it. And I went, why? Because I'm going to enjoy it. Because it sounds exciting. Oh, why aren't you enjoying it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, David. It's all right, David. You've got to have a chat with yourself every now and then, haven't you? You've got to take your child self. Well, the ongoing conversation in anyone's mind is between the parent and the child, isn't it? I mean, it's a constant conversation just when you look at those packet of digestives you want one now and then the, the adults say no have your dinner for crying out loud but the thing is it's a case of um yeah n- nostalgia is a sickness it's an illness it's nothing you can ever you're just chasing the dragon of nostalgia you'll never get there so he is right you've got to knock nostalgia on the head but i do think the thing is yeah i think you've got to think it's never going to be raids of lost ark but i think it could be better than um crystal skull you know, I think you're going to get... Because Crystal Skull was a real damn squid. How old were you when you watched Crystal Skull? God, do you know, time goes so quickly in the sense that it feels like it was yesterday. If In my head, it feels as though that was quite a recent film. But believe it or not, I'd have been... I'd have just turned 30. Yeah, you're not a child 45. anymore. You're not a child no, anymore. No, very true. I've lost that childhood glee. If you were 49, 47, 46... And Razor Lost Ark came out now, and you watch that last scene with the ghost coming out of the box, you'd go, <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, I wonder. Yes, I do wonder. Yeah, it, it is interesting watching it with new eyes. 
because so much of it becomes iconic because you've grown up with it, haven't you? And also, you remember watching films as a kid, you could almost just feel your brain being rewired. I mean, when I used to go around my friend's house and watch like 18 certificate films like Robocop, my, my brain was being exploded like a melon having fireworks put in it. Do you know what I mean? Wow, that would be a hell of an evening. It certainly would. It goes without saying. But yeah, I mean, we will find out the hype behind it. Does it meet the hype? David, I'm just, I suddenly thought of you. When's it coming out? It's coming out the last weekend of June. Fuck. I'm suddenly, I'm thinking about you watching it and then reviewing it. And you sat there. You're going to be this iconic shot of you in front of the door. You'll be sat there. And I'll ask, how did it go? What's it like? And you'll go, yeah. It will be a mixed bag. It'll be as simple as that. I think the best they can do is better than um, uh, Crystal Skull. I think I keep saying that, but Crystal Skull is very grey and bland. There was no. I think from the descriptions I've read, it does sound very interesting. You know, that there's, there's an interesting character arc there. And apparently there's some quite sombre moments. They say that Harrison Ford deals with the action really well. But having said that, there's a lot of CGI Harrison Ford in it. And you can see that. The Indiana tra- Jones and the Firework Melon. Absolutely. That's what it's going to be like for me. Thank you, Robert Hammond. Oh, oh bloody, bloody hell. All that, this is just making me yearn for my youth. Oh, God, I do that endlessly. Endlessly. Were we any happier back then, David? No, I think it's all just a... Um, I remember coming back from school sometimes utterly traumatised because I wasn't able to play football. I was the last one picked for a PE game. It was like being divorced from a wife that I'd been living with for 20 years and I found out she had an affair. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely horrific. Or someone, you know, hiding my towel. It was like turning up and finding a man in my bed. Do you know what I mean? With my wife. Or just finding a man in your bed alone would be a frightening thing. Do you know what I mean? Or an exciting thing. It could be. It could open a new door to a new chapter and a new life. You know, don't turn your your back on something that could be very exciting. Or turn your back on it. Literally. Quite literally. Saddle up partner type of vibe. Yeah, you're you're quite, quite right. And even more exciting if no one knows and it's just you and this man's secret. Well, you go home every now and then and he's underneath the old duvet. No questions are asked. Every now and then you see him in Waitrose and you don't even give him eye contact. And just neither does he give you. Not at all. But he just no questions asked, no questions answered. Absolutely. What stays under the duvet keeps under the duvet. What's said under the duvet stays under the duvet. Something like that. <laughs> nothing said. Me. Nothing is said, David. <laughs> nothing, nothing said at all. Just, a, just the sort of almost telepathic sexual energy communicating. And it doesn't matter, you know, Nokia or BT. It's a communication energy they can't capitalise on. It's just the cap, the communication of love. Yeah. Amen. Pull the internet booster out of its socket. Absolutely. Simple as that. <laughs> just go with it. Go with the force. <laughs> it's just an energy. It's an energy force that no one can control. You just got to get onto that pipeline. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Do you know what? what? I think that line. I 
you know, just some kind of um, um, sexual episode type of thing, just some kind of like. Well, this, you know why? It's May the twentieth. What's that? What's May? It's 20th? Sex Day. Is it? Is it? <laughs> It's intercourse day. It's the anniversary of intercourse when it was first invented. This it's sex it, day. Did you not know? Came up with it. Not, not at all. Goodness <laughs> me, that was kept away from me. Rightly so. So I should we feel left out? Should we skip through movie uh, movie news because we, we, so you know we've really lost our way. <laughs> terribly so. This is a, this is a terrible. I'll tell you, here's some yeah. interesting movie news. Here we go. Yeah. So you might have to edit this one, mate. This is sorry, mate. What am I talking about? Who do you think you are, buddy I'm boy? Suddenly turned into a Guy Ritchie movie. <clears throat> this is an interesting one. Um, do you remember I said about Francis Ford Coppola? He's doing Megalopolis with his own money. It's near to a hundred million. He's just fil- finished filming that. That was a disaster to make. Apparently, he was a real um, dictator on set, and a lot of people left the production. I think a lot of it because he was incredibly nervous that he was using his own money in it, and he wasn't coming up with the goods. And he's got a big cast appearing in it, though. Adam what happened? What happened? How did he behave? Um, a, a real megalomaniac, making loads of demands. Megalopolis. Absolutely. You know, it's about a. Um, a near future New York and an architect who's trying to change New York and make it a, a, a nirvana, a utopia. And um, Francis Ford Coppola was making last minute demands. And a lot of the people in the art design department and special effects department just left. Simple as that. They were like, you know, I think a lot of people felt that he was acting like an auteur demanding director from a different era. And it was like, you know, you don't talk to people like that now type of thing. But my point is, Kevin Costner is doing a very similar situation with Francis Ford Coppola, whereby he is making a um, the, the, the first of what's apparently going to be four Wild West films. The first film is called Horizon. Sam Worthington's in it from the Avatar films. And um, he's put his mansion, he's remortgaged his mansion to pay for the whole thing. And he's leaving the Yellowstone TV show early that's massive in America, that's like a modern Western, um, so he can focus on this passion project. So it's very similar to the Francis Ford Coppola thing, once again, he's kind of like, you know, old school filmmakers who won Oscars back in the day, putting all their money into their kind of passion projects. And, And Costner has said that he's putting a hell of a lot into this. I mean, for him to actually have to mortgage his, his, um, his main mansion, apparently his, his main home. Have you Googled it? it? Um, his main actual, home. I haven't actually. No. That's a very good point. I'll have to do that to see what real estate's being put on the line for this Wild West movie, basically. I'll tell you a, a few other... Um, I'll tell you another one, last bit of movie news, really interesting. Go on YouTube and check out the new trailer for the Gareth Edwards film, uh, The Creator. It's Did he a, do it, Monster? He did do Monster. He did, he did a very low-budget sci-fi film where he did all the special effects himself in his bedroom. And then he went on to do two big Hollywood movies, Godzilla and then Star Wars film Rogue One. They never went brilliantly for him, though, because he went from doing an independent film to a very highly controlled studio movie. But this film's more of a middle ground where it's his own script. And they dropped the trailer on, I believe, Thursday... I didn't know much about it. It kind of came from nowhere. Um, it's starring John David Washington, which is 
um, Denzel Washington's son, and it looks a very good, really good. It's like a very sort of mature, adult-based, original concept sci-fi setting with his quite unique CGI style uh, visuals. And it's definitely worth checking out. It's like AI gets out of control. And um, John David Washington needs to look after a young AI boy. And um, it does look like it's got potential. And it's called The uh, Creator. Creator. And it came out the blue. I didn't know it was coming out. It comes out in September. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. Thank you, Captain. Thank you for your time. David Edwards Movie Review. Well, David, it's time for movie review. Uh, you down your little black currant drink? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, no, not at all. And at this, I'm so excited. I remember what this is. Last week, Mandy. I'm here. Yeah, we know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing those. Uh, Dealy boppers. Dealy boppers, yes. Yeah, see? I don't like those. I don't, it's, it's, it's an over-attempt. Oh, I thought you wouldn't like it. Oh, right. She just said, oh, I thought you wouldn't like it. Yeah. Well, it's just Can like, be yourself. You know, just be in the moment. It's just did you go down. out for a meal last yes. week? Yes, uh, yes. Did you go down to Brighton? Yes. Yeah, it, we did, and um, I found her attitude just a bit off. A bit thing. off. Just a bit sarcastic, and it ended with her sulking in the car park. Are you, are you going to explain why I was sulking? She just said, are you going to explain why I was sulking? I wanted to half the bill. I, I was trying to be a feminist about the um, the money at the end. No, you check. didn't. I, uh, you expected me to pay. She answer. just said, no, you didn't. Absolutely. You expected me to pay. For everything. Well, it was just a case of, you know, uh, uh, not pay, but, well, yes, pay, because I yes, didn't want pay. dessert. And she kept drinking. She kept ordering drinks. Even How does she, she drink? That's what I mean. She, I, I was like, you can't drink that. You can't consume that. So why are you constantly why do I have you know, to um, drink? tequilas? It's just why? a waste of money. And after a while, they're just being put on top of their head. Can't I do what I want why with it? Why do I have to drink it? Can't yes. I do what I want with it? Can't I do what I want if with I'm it? paying for it, it's a waste of money. It just goes back into the bar. It's not a waste. It to someone but else. I like balancing them on my head. I like balancing them on my head. Yes. Well, you're just turning yourself into a metal tray. You know, you're no longer a woman that I want to spend time with. You're just turning yourself into an ornament. What? A what? She just said, a what? A an what? Ornament. An ornament? A shelf and the tequila uh, drinks are the ornaments. You just turn yourself into a shelf, a tray. They could just push you along and just share out the tequilas to the so local... So what? It's my, li- it's my oh, life? Like you're a trolley. You're <laughs> a trolley, mate. I'm not them. I still wear a trolley. Got a, had a frog in my throat. Anyway, this week's movie review is, David? Commando, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sit back, everyone listening live, sit back, stick your bum on your sofa or wherever you are, pour yourself a cup of cocoa and listen to David's movie review of Commando. Movie review of Commando, I would say, um, the first... I would say the first act, the first 25 minutes, I was just in Nirvana. Absolutely loved it. It goes straight into action. The nasty man on the dust cart? 
absolutely i remember that very you know that that i remember you mentioning that and it was all fulfilled and it goes straight into action mode and also you can tell with the film they've definitely worked out the arnold schwarzenegger formula lots of one-liners very charismatic um, and also the relationship with his daughter is really strong as well. I thought that was quite sort of likeable um, type of element. Um, is he chopping logs quite a lot in the first act? Oh, a hell of a lot. You just see him like wandering around his sort of mountainside <laughs> home at the beginning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sort of a, a man who can, who's living on the land type of thing. He's almost turned his back on society a bit after being a commando type of figure until these men come looking for him. The thing is that I'd say that um, the plot is obviously very, very thin, and that becomes a bit problematic in the second act, whereby a lot of the other characters around Arnie are a bit two-dimensional. So when they come up against problems, you don't really emotionally feel involved. The only one who's been really kind of developed to meet his charisma and star profile is Arnie. But then when the third act comes along and you go into action mode again... Um, can you it, give it, us a can you give us a rough uh, journey through the story without any spoilers for those commando? Well, it's your it's your basic element. I've kind of forgotten the story type of thing, but the basic story being that he, it, I mean, the plot is very basic in the sense that his daughter is kidnapped, and he's got to go after his daughter ultimately, and um, you know. So it's basically he turns into like a one-man army machine, hardboiled 80s. Why is she kidnapped? Why is she kidnapped? It's ultimately to get back at him. And uh, the back... Because, I mean, the actual villain, um, who's like a Freddie Mercury kind of look-alike type of thing, I always remember looking at him... Well, he's a bit ridiculous and over the top, but I thought it was a good performance. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It was it was well put together type of thing. And the ending with him, the fight at the end with him, is... Um, uh, it is is amazing, and I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But the one liner and the way he's killed is um, it's ridiculous, but very visually engaging and very kind of like, um, what we are we allowed to say type of thing? No, because people might want to watch it. Indeed, it's done with a very good one liner, and it's all you know. It just reminded me of the days of definitely of of eighties cinema, but also eighties videos. It's the sort of thing you would have got down the video store type of thing. Well, let's have a little listen to a clip from Commando. Shortly after that, we'll be showing our feature film. Your flight attendants are Susan and Lance, and I'm Vince. We're here to make your trip as comfortable as possible. Thank you, and have a safe and enjoyable flight. Excuse me, how long is the flight? We land in Valverde in exactly 11 hours. Thank you, and do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Can I please? Thank you. Sir, during takeoff, you must remain seated. I'm Yasuk. Oh, 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 oh,
enjoy it, David. Well, do you know what I mean? It's like as I'm talking about it now, it's it's. I'm trying to get my teeth into particular scenes and set pieces, and it's very. It's. I think the enjoyment was pure nostalgia. Do you know what I mean? I think it's one of those things where um, there's a lot. It's not like having a McDonald's meal. You sort of leave a bit empty. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be said because. It's but you case, knew that going in. Yeah, I you? did know that going in. So you get what you're given. Yeah. And he is watching. Yeah. It's very you don't go into McDonald's hoping for a... Yeah, you, uh, like a, a healthy, Wellington mood. You are quite, quite right. Absolutely. And I think the other thing with me is, um, when I watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger film, I'm, I'm fascinated more about him. I'm not watching like Daniel Day-Lewis, someone who gets lost in a character. I'm looking at Arnie and I'm thinking, God, after this, you were the governor of L.A. Which is what you said last week. That's how we watch films. Narrative within a narrative. Afterwards, I actually found myself um, signing up to the Arnold Schwarzenegger newsletter. Wow! (laughs) Oh, have you had an email yet? Oh, endless. I get the Oh, well, this has got to be a section. Please read your last email. Let's do it later. We'll do an Arnold Schwarzenegger Schneger, uh, news section. Okay. That's, he's already sent me a, a PDF of a, um, a self-help book. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. I'll, I'll get that for you. I'm just getting my emails now to make sure I come up with a good side of thing. So how long? How long? And was it one setting? How long's the movie? And was it one setting? I imagine it's like a one-hour film. Oh five. yeah, ninety minutes, absolutely perfect. Act two really started to drag. I started to get very, very. Oh, bored. why? Why? Um, because the act that there's just there is no plot whatsoever, um, in the sense that um, it's a case of you know. Don't you worry about I'm, the newsletter now. Sorry, sorry, I'm getting <laughs> well into that. So I apologise. Goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> In Very the unprofessional. Case, in the sense that it's oh, the case what a, of... What a disaster. <laughs> so unprofessional. So work, badly executed. So I just suddenly panicked that I promised the newsletter. And went no, don't it. worry about the newsletter. Relax, Edwards. <laughs> don't try multitask. What's the newsletter section? <laughs> oh, so I promised the people this. I want it. Um, basically, what I found a lot is the the characters around him were very two dimensional. So when they come to any moment of kind of uh, trepidation, which is what you get with Act Two, other people being being put into places of danger, you're not really engaged or interested in any way. If, if that makes sense, you know. Do you know there's a, there's a scene in um, <clears throat> Commando that used to scare me. So I probably watched it three or four times as a boy. And every time it was coming up, I'd be like, oh no, I've got to look away. And it's the strimmer that takes off the guy, top of the guy's head. Oh it, my Lord. It yes. used to really scare me. It really is. Actually, <laughs> and I watched it recently. And it's... Films back in then, they had that video nasty vibe about them, didn't they? I can't imagine that scene in a film now. No. It definitely has that kind of um, just a lot more body horror type of thing. Like what happens to the actual villain at the end is quite in- intense. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just like the body is there to be mutilated basically by the hands of like this Austrian kind of um, maniac. Can you imagine being him in the 80s, David, that every- you were Arnold Schwarzenegger? I th- Do you know what? I think considering... Um, 
he's quite, I mean, he's not that down to earth. He's, he's quite manic type of thing. You get that with a newsletter massively. One newsletter was um, 10 minute exercise sessions with your family. What he yeah. what he suggests to do for ten minutes with the family. This has got to be a quick section. We've got to do this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's quite amazing. But um, yes, I think. Well, the thing is, he was just um. Well, interestingly, I'm looping all around the place. You know, you can tell you've touched upon an interesting subject here with me. Bill Hader, um, who was uh, blah 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 blah, who's now obviously who was on Saturday Night Live. And now he's in Barry, the well-known comic. He was Arnold Schwarzenegger's PA on an action film before becoming a big Saturday Night Live comedian. He, he did loads of work. He was a PA on film sets and he worked for Arnold Schwarzenegger. And also he was an editor's assistant on one of the Spider-Man films. So he had a real sense of different experiences working in LA. And he said that Arnold Schwarzenegger on the whole was very, you know, well-behaved and down to earth. But every now and then, he would pull a movie star strop just to remind people who he was. And apparently they put the whole set together for the movie. David I do think it was Predator, but it could have been Predator, because that was too early. But it was one of his big action films. And he played a game of chess with one of the uh, assistant directors. And he did not come away from the chessboard until he was finished, even though there was like 60, 70 people waiting for him. And apparently he did it strategically just to remind people. Wonderful. Absolutely. Just, you know, demasculating every every person on the set. But in between those, he'd be absolutely fine. Mm. But then strategically, every now and Mm. then, just to remind you, I am the star. (laughs) As simple as that. Uh, okay, David, now's the time to uh, rate Commando out of five chock ices. It's over to you. How many chock ices out of five are you going to give Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando? I would say two and a half. I was not expecting that. It, it, it almost pulled me in for an embrace, and then it dropped me. It was—it's kind of like—and then I was interested in the third act. It was very nostalgic. It was kind of like oh, I'm into this. This is funny. This is good. Well, I remember watching this, and then it—you need—you've got to have a plot. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have something to suck you in for the whole hour and a half. Wow, that's that shocked everyone. I think that shocked everyone watching. Everyone's yeah. going, wow, ooh, Gemma Casey, whoa, DDDPPP, what? Jeff Dale, well, 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 Lauren, whoa, Robert Hammond, bloody hell, Dr. Greggles, harsh. Well, it is harsh, but the thing is, it's like, um, if you look at the Terminator, you know, Arnie turns up at the beginning, you know, you see him naked looking over into the um, the hilltops with of LA bum. with his bum in a car park darkly lit yeah yeah yeah. you know and it's like yeah he's got movie star charisma he's a new you know movie star ass absolutely um but then after that you need the plot you've got to have a good pace you've got to have new ideas and uh kamala just doesn't have that it's like i I was finding it hard to come up with scenarios and descriptions when i was just talking about it then it's just like you know you're fiddling around do you know in many ways it's like an 18 certificate 18 
do you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it, it, it Which sounds well, good to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, but 18 was half an hour. It never ever states welcome. Mm. Was it half an hour? I always felt like it was too long, 18, actually. Well, it was ITV, so they always had ads. So then it was it was about 50 minutes. Well, David, thank you so much. It's, it's a sort of a shocker, actually, two and a half out of five. But I like what you said. It pulled you in, but it dropped you after about 25 minutes. And then you've got the big action sequences at the end, and then that sucked me in at the end. Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie review. Thank you, Captain. David Edwards, Movie Tips. Movie tips, David. It's movie tip time. Any tips? Absolutely. I've got a movie tip of a very, very good podcast. Um, I listen. Well, the first podcast I listened to, that um, which isn't the main one, but it led me to this podcast. Um, Adam Buxton's very recent interview with Tom Hanks is very good. You know, real. Yeah, it's a really Adam Buxton's amazing as an interviewer. Tom Hanks is very much an open book, and he's. You know, just real capable hands, as in Bucks and interviewing him and getting a real insight into Hollywood. Really, really good. I mean, the most interesting thing is Hanks at the moment is having loads of um, meetings with his lawyers to copyright his face and voice because he knows when he dies with AI, he's without doubt going to be appearing in films. And he wants to make sure the money goes to his family. But they, they cover loads of fascinating topics. But within that... Um, Adam Buxton talks about a podcast that is based on a book about the making of, um, dear God, my brain is absolutely horrific, Uh, Bonfire, what's the film, Bonfire? The book's called Dear God, My Brain is Absolutely Horrific. Imagine reading that book. Bloody hell, you'd hoover that up, wouldn't you? This big old book. Dear God, my brain is absolutely horrific. Page one. Mm. Um, here we go. So it's basically, um, this is just, uh, dear me. It's just. Um, <laughs> Sorry, everyone uh, listening to Random Movie Generator. Here we go. I apologise. Okay. It's the making of Bonfire of the Vanity. Um, and it's basically um, Bonfire of Oh, no, we can't do it. No, this isn't. Oh, no, oh. no. <laughs> sorry, sorry about this. this is, David, I want to ask you no, actually. No, no, no. Here can we, we go? Is he can a, I just step go? in here oh, really it. quickly? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got it. Because you said now. you found this amazing film podcast as a movie tip. Oh, for God's so, sake! I know. It's no, 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 no. Honestly, so you heard it and you're like, oh, I fucking love this. Pardon my French. How do you think you would feel genuinely? If you were you and you found this podcast, would you go, oh, I want more new movie news? Oh, the bloody presenter, David Ewer, keeps fucking butting in and getting the guy to sing. Or how, how do you think you would feel? I've never, ever looked at a film podcast when the, when the person has, to, has, has just done what I've just done. I feel quite ashamed, genuinely. Like I've really dropped the ball. No, I, no, I go, no, you're human, and this is lovely. 
it's just I, oh, it's just it's it's not good at all and the thing is I'm on episode 4 of this I've got a memory recall issue I've got some kind of like um, David there's 6,000 million movie podcasts out there with nerdles who can just go I like that you go I don't know I've got to google it but it's just um, the worst thing is I've got it written down in front of me and then I didn't write the name of the podcast I wrote the name of the film because um, I just didn't think I'd need it but- Robert Hammond said in the chat box I found this film pod where they talk about sweeties and finding men in your bed <laughs> absolutely well that's the future isn't that? simple as that Good job, and I even have to speak to this man in Waitrose because I never remember his name for crying out loud. And a good job he, he comes to my bed because I wouldn't better refine my way back to his address. Right, this movie podcast, you found it. Go for it. I bloody have. Here we go. Okay, so Tom Hanks is interviewed by Adam Buxton, and they talk about um, the Devil's Candy, which is a book by the journalist Julie Salomon, and. Um, Robert De Palma, the director of Bonfire of the Vanities, which is a well-known uh, New York drama starring to- Tom Hanks, which is about uh, yuppies in the 80s. And um, basically, he accidentally murders a man, and then he has to deal with his guilt after that and cover up the murder. But ultimately, um, Brian De Palma invited Julie Salomon on, on the set to look at each stage of the making of the film, and then turn it into a book. The book became a Hollywood classic. She has recently, though, reinterpreted the book into a podcast, whereby um, she then shows you, she then adds the original tapes of her interviewing Tom Hanks, Brian De Palma, um, uh, Marilyn, what's her name? Something Griffiths? Melanie Griffiths. I'm really not working well this morning. My brain is... Terry Griffiths, that's the one. We'll call her Terry Griffiths. Um, God, if, if my brain was a, as an engine right now, one or two pistons would be working. It really isn't on fire. So, And also the producer. So you hear these very early recordings, because she did those to write, to write the book, but they're actually in the podcast, because obviously it's in the audio medium. And also she goes back to interview everyone today in modern, um, you know, uh, within uh, today's uh, time. And... Um, it's fascinating. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, one thing you get, I'll get to my point now, the actual meat, is that you hear the Palmer and the producer deciding, do we want Melanie Griffiths or do we want Uma Terry Hill? Griffiths. What's her name? <laughs> do we want Melanie Griffiths or do we want Terry Griffiths? Oh, Terry Griffiths. <laughs> Melanie or Terry, which one? We'll toss yeah. a coin. Do you know Terry Griffiths? I do. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's underappreciated. Um, Who is he? He just never had the career he should have. He sounds like a dart player for some reason. No, he's a snooker player. Oh, he is a snooker. Oh, there's a man yeah. called that. He's got a career, a life, family. He's got trophies yeah. on the mantelpiece. He's living in. He's living his life. Um, so you've got that, and they're literally having a meeting about do they want Melanie Griffiths or do they want Uma Thurman to actually star in the film? And they're talk, and you hear this because it's being recorded, and they're talking about them like racing cars. They're saying that, you know, men want to sleep with, with this character. For Tom Hanks' character to... Because he has to be completely seduced by this woman. And um, they talk about... She describes the audition she saw of Uma Thurman with Tom Hanks. And it sounds really bizarre. 
Robert De Palma, the director, has got an office in his Robert. flat in New York. He's Robert De Palma, isn't it? Is it Brian? Brian, I'm doing terribly today. Absolutely <laughs> horrific. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm gonna have to have a weed break or something. I'm doing really bad. A weed? Oh, oh, absolutely. Get the old bong out. Get that out. Yeah. A, right. A, 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 a urination break. I so Brian I'll... De Palma. Brian De Palma. Uh, he has a uh, office in New York in a an apartment in New York, and he invites Uma Thurman over and Tom Hanks to do an audition. And um, there, um, he turns his couch into a bed, and they've got to pretend they've just done love making, as you do, because it's sex day. And it's a Kellum element whereby um, it's just Brian studying them, wearing his um, trademark safari jacket, because he always wears a safari jacket because film is war. And um, he's watching them like a therapist in the corner. And. Um, and also, the other interesting thing they reveal about Tom Hanks is that she says that Tom Hanks is a really nice guy, gets on with everyone, very down to earth, but he surrounds himself with rock violers, not the actual dogs, but people who are similar to rock violers that do his dirty business. So when he's talking to Brian De Palma, he's very agreeable, but then he gets his agent and manager to pass on the uh, negative information. Which is one that uh, Brian De Palma wanted Uma Thurman. Tom Hanks agreed in person, but then suddenly the agent and manager gets in contact and says, um, "No, Tom's not interested." So, how do, you, how do you feel listening to this then, walking away from? This I think little... I think the podcast is really fascinating in the sense that it's not an over-the-top, bloated view of Hollywood. These are very educated, balanced people who are dealing with a project that's getting more and more financially out of control. And you start to think that, yes, I may start acting like that if I was in that setting. You know, there is a possibility of that. It's a very real look at a backstabbing environment. And also, all the time, Melanie Griffiths is being interviewed um, and she's saying, I love Brian. Brian gave me my biggest hit. Um, because she was in a film with Brian, directed by Brian De Palma before Bonfire of the Vanities. Um, and she doesn't realise at that point that he's also auditioning Uma Thurman. She thinks the role's hers, but she hasn't signed the contract. But she just thinks because um, Brian said you've got it, she's got it. But you know, I want to move to the Outer Hebrides. Absolutely, why not? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't blame I'm you. I'm hearing the crows again. Yelping in the background, the crows. Yes. Endless, endless, safari suits, pretending to make love on a sofa. Send me to the outer out Hebrides. I'm done. Exhausting. <laughs> but Exhausting that's you recommend that podcast, so I massively recommend it. It goes through it in detail. Uh, there's also a good interview with Morgan Freeman, uh, where um, he's just one uh, driving Miss Daisy. So this would have been on the set of Bonfire of the Vanities because he plays the judge in Bonfire of the Vanities. And he's very open. Um, she asks him, um, do you think uh, you were right for the role? after?" Because the novel was a big hit in the 80s, big hit. And he goes, um, no, I don't think I'm right for the role. And I don't think anyone here is right for the role. Any, the only people that have been employed here is to help sell the film. You goes, flipping love this part. Oh! <laughs> do you know what? 
I hated. <laughs> you um, haven't stopped going on about it for six minutes. Oh no! This is right up your strata. Oh yeah, it was it? up my strata. Yeah, it's it like a l- little bit of little bit of gossip and. Yeah, it was that right, my yeah. You're completely right. Yeah, I love this stuff more than actually going to the cinema. No, I, I'm the same with you when it comes to sport. I like the facts, figures, and the yeah, yeah, I the love punditry rather yeah, than the yeah. actual fucking game. Yes, the punditry. That's very well said. Yeah, you're you're totally right. I I enjoy that more than the actual thing. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, uh, maybe that's that's what happens as you get older. Maybe Why is that? Do you think? Don't know. Don't know. Yeah, I enjoy the punditry. What's this podcast going to be like when we're 70? What's it like now? I think I've completely destroyed it in one foul swoop. David, in one minute, if Mr. Charkins heard this podcast, what would he say? This is the most amateur, pathetic, narcissistic, masturbatory piece of mess. The idea of a man in his 45th year, a man with pubic hair hidden underneath his pants and the deep voice of a mature male, having to go onto Google in the middle of a filmic discussion to look for the name of a podcast he's about to praise. How can you praise something and not know its name? It's like asking someone the name of your son whilst calling him over in the middle of Tesco's. <laughs> he's come from your loins. Surely his name should be tattooed on your frontal lobes. You disgust me, sir. Leave my home. Wow. Don't use a front door, crawl out the cat flap like the creature you become. <laughs> That's how we'd say it. I'd say you're right. Bloody right. I'd get on all fours and start bathing myself like a cat. I really would do. Do you I know mean, what? Charkins is a real hit with the listeners. I hope so. I hope something's a hit. Cool. Wish Charkins existed. Imagine if we got Charkins up where he does exist. Imagine if we got another box on Zoom appears and Charkins is there. Fucking hell. It annoys me that he doesn't, he's not quite here. Do you know, I went on to um, Cheapy Chat. Is it Chat GPT? And I don't know why, in a moment of boredom, I think um, I wrote Charkins' memoir and it, it spat it out for me. I gave a description and it, it wrote it as a diary. And I, it was really, I guess it's a cliched figure. And it was about him wandering into the um, whoa, 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 whoa. Could you do it for next week? And, and, and I'll read it out in a section and I'll put some music. Yeah, apps. apps Just to like a little, they? whatever you did, like a section from his diary. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. The Charkins Diaries. The, the Charkins, Charkins Diaries and the Swatch <laughs> Newsletters section. Absolutely. Thank you, David, for this week's movie. Oh, what's it called again? Um, oh, the, uh, the Devil's Candy. The Devil's Candy. Thank you, David. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator. So, here we are. It's random movie generator time. Yippee! Oh, man, he just went, yippee! yippee! Absolutely. 
Oh, do you know one thing? We might have to edit this out, which is... Whoa, 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 oh, whoa. No, 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 it's not... You're, you're live on YouTube, David. Oh, yes, it's going to be nothing inappropriate. I might have to just go to the toilet. I really am. Do you mind? Just really quickly. Why would I edit this out? Oh, I mean the actual podcast, in the podcast. Okay. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, no, not at all. It's really unprofessional. I do apologise. I've been really quick. No, we'll just have a music interlude. It's only because it's getting. It's almost like I would. I would just endure it, but it's just no, kind of yeah, like. No, you go for a wee wee. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, mate. No, not at all. Not at all. So thank you, everybody, for uh, watching live this morning. Suckered, Gemma Casey, Doctor Greggles, Rory, HC Musler. Uh, Charkins telling it like it is, says H.C. Musler. Um, uh, let's read some of your comments we've missed out on. Orkney looks wonderful. Nice big cheap bungalow and a well-stocked greenhouse. That would be nice, wouldn't it, without any of this? Here we go. I apologise. Hundred percent apologise for that. Sorry, 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 sorry. Here we go. Um, sorry about that. If it wasn't like really like, oh my listen, lord. Listen, listen. I'm now. I'm. I'm torn. I'm sort of pulled both ways. Should I? Shouldn't I? And I'm like, uh, got to be honest. We heard all of your pissing then. Really? Goodness <laughs> me. I apologise. <laughs> Are you joking or not? No, I'm not joking. Gosh, flippity skip. I guess it could be worse, but I'm, not ideal. I mean, we all do it. I didn't think you'd better hear it. I mean, hear, I hear it. Fuck yeah! I'd put um, ear uh, deafness mufflers in. Well, it shows that snowflake mic works, doesn't it? That's got good um, receptors, <laughs> or whatever the word is. Sorry about that. I wasn't expecting you. No, not at all. It's a, it was a wonderful moment. It's I just do like, apologise. Here we go. God, I, I should have, I should have closed the blooming door. I think that's why my memory <sighs> recall system wasn't working at all. Please, can we have a David goes to the toilet section? <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? I'm sure I could time it. It's this blooming Ribena, isn't it? I think it's that coffee. Oh yeah. Pass my congrats to Dave for a cracking piss. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Champagne moment. That was an interesting Tom Hanks fact with the Alan Buxton interview. Apparently, his favourite drink, I'll have to give this a go, 
It's Coca Diet Coke and Champagne, and he calls it Cocaine. Oh, okay. Which is a nice little fact. But it's a lovely interview with him and Adam Buxton. Real wholesome, middle-aged man fun. Lovely. Okay. Right. Time to pick the move that you're going to review next week. Mandy's been... Uh, well, she shut down her machine to hear you piss. Now she's charging up again. Apps, let's go for it. And uh, I hope you get a movie... I mean, you enjoyed watching... Um, oh, I did enjoy Commandos. it. I certainly enjoyed it. Definitely, Just, definitely. Yeah, it didn't drag no, so much. Not at all, not at all. Okay. Well, hopefully we can find a movie. I want to find one that you haven't seen that blows your socks off. That's what we're hoping. That's the dream. <sighs> right. Okay. So, here we go. Favourite time of the week for me. So, David, it's time to pick the genre of the... M- first of the three movies you might be watching and reviewing next week. Take your time. The genre. Stop. Crime. Excellent. Okay. And the decade? Stop. 1950s. Ooh. And we generate... So, Mandy's generated four movies, crime movies, from the 1950s. She's spinning them around, and now it's your turn to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. Rashomon. Well, that's... Yeah, that's... um... Rashomon. Who's the guy who did um, Seven Samurais that we watched? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that's it, him again. That's the third time I've got him. That is Rashomon. Uh, is that him? I'm yeah, I think sure so. That's, um, 1950, Rashomon. That's... Yeah. Uh, so Rashomon. Right. It's the same director, isn't it? Or... Um, yeah, I think, I think it yeah, might be. Yeah, it's Akira Kurosawa again. <sighs> Psychological thriller crime film. Goodness me, it's the third one I've watched of him on this movie generator. Well, let's give it a go for crying out loud. Okay, so here we go. Let's find the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Here we go. Take your time. Really feel it, David. Whatever genre you want, really feel it, and I might just pick it, or Mandy might. Stop. Fantasy. Ooh, I like a bit of that. And the decade. Take your time, really feel it. Stop. 2000s. Okay, that sounds good. Mandy, please generate a four fantasy movies from the 2000s. Mandy's generated four fantasy movies from the 2000s. She's spinning them around. And now it's your turn to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. The Kid. What's that one about? Bruce the Willis. Kid? Bruce Willis, The Kid. How is that fantasy? That's um, That rings a bell, The Kid. Does he get transported into a young kid's body? No, fantasy comedy family, the kid. That's a Disney film, isn't it? That rings a bell. It's like a baseball setting or something mm. like that. Okay, we got Rashomon. We got the kid. Now let's go and pick the third genre. 
the kid looks interesting. He sort of meets yeah. his um, eight-year-old self. Okay, that sounds an interesting one. Take your time. Third genre. Mandy's there. She's waiting for you to tell her when to stop. Push the button. Stop. Action. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. And now the decade. Stop. 1980s. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. That's a sweet spot. That's what it's all about. That's what it's ever been about. Mandy, please generate four action movies from the 1980s. Don't let me down, man. Come on. Right. I'm telling you now, you love all of them. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I know what they all are afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Mandy's okay. spinning these four movies. Please tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. A view to a kill. Oh, could oh, you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? I haven't seen it for years, that one. Oh. I've seen it for absolutely yonks of you to a kill. I haven't seen that for like ages, so it would almost be like re-watching it with new eyes. Oh my god, let's see what everyone's saying. Oh dear. Oh, Rashomon is great, says Dr. Greggles. Um, there we go. Uh, fantasy. Da, 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 da. Um, technically, most movies are fantasy. Um, beautiful stuff. Look at his face. Action, 80s action, this is the mother load. Here we go. Well, High stakes today, says Jeff Dale. Action. Oh, yes, they were. June. Oh, God, the original. That would have been interesting. Bloodsport. Oh, Jean Claude Van Damme, proper video store. And oh, First God. Blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my look. That is a bloody good film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is, it's like the first Rocky, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? After that, it went all a bit commercial and franchisey. But First Blood is bloody good. And mm. that's not me playing with words there. It is really good. I like First Blood. Right, David. Rashomon, the kid. I think it's a pretty good little lineup here. View to a kill. Oh, Rashomon would be uphill, though. Do you know what I mean? I've done my um, Kurosawa, kind of like um, Mr. Charkin's. Okay, okay. That's a plate of vegetables, isn't it? I, I appreciate it. It's very good. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, I maybe you need some. Well, last week you had, you know, a burger and chips. Come it's, all, it's yeah. not all about having your, your, your Big Macs, is it? And yeah. Your, your so I've given each movie an A, a B, and a C. I've mixed them up, or have I? Oh, it's God. now your turn. This is real trepidation. This is. To tell me which movie you would like to review next week is it a b or c a a view to a kill oh he got it my goodness <laughs> Oh, here we go! There's a god peeking down from the clouds. I should out of it. Oh! Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. I could be done with Rashomon. I know it's terrible to say, but you know, it's just like, oh god, I guess I better go to the gym. 
Germ. I reckon, you know, in the long run, I've probably got more out of Rashomon. But, um, Rob, Robert Hammond said, Firework Melon! Oh, absolutely. And put it on a bloody loop, Captain, in slow mo. The gods of film are smiling today, says Rich Locke. Do you know, I haven't seen it for years. Have you took oh, it? I mean, do like, you know what? I'd like to watch that again. Oh, God, yes. I think we were singing the theme tune not yeah. long ago. Yeah. Absolutely love it. That's wonderful. So, the film you're going to be reviewing next week is Roger Moore. In a view to a kill. Absolute perfection. Well, David, you haven't got any... You've got to rush off today, haven't you? I have, unfortunately. Yeah. But I tell you, um, next, next week we'll do a, a double patron... Uh, oh, goes without saying. Wang definitely along. next week we'll definitely do it. We'll do six quizzes next week. Absolutely goes without saying. Yeah. An absolute um, marathon. Um, well, thank you so much for this this week, David. Uh, no, thank you. Very enjoyable. Sorry about the weed break, and sorry about the acoustics, and sorry about the weed break. Forgetting break the name was a of highlight. everything it was a highlight. Maybe that balanced out me forgetting the name of my own recommendations. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for watching live as well. Um, yeah, thank you for, that. for your contributions. Appreciated. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, Doctor Gregor says David Edwards should buy a lottery t- t- ticket today. He's on fire. Oh. Goodness, that's the seal of approval I need. Yes. That's going to get me through the bloody day. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tank. Yeah. Well, again, thank you, everyone. And if you if you like the pod, please like and subscribe and leave a nice comment because it it shoots us up the charts and more people get to hear it. And um, don't know. Oh God! It just gives us a, a a good vibe, a good feeling that we're adding something in in the crow's noise. We skip of, through the um, weekend, cinema. don't we? When we when we are, we're in the top. Oh, absolutely. Def- oh, skip, skip, skip. Yeah. Can you do a quick song called Skippity Doodah, Skip, Skip, Skip? S- now I'm just thinking, thinking of Zippy, Zippity Doodah, but you can't do that. Skip, skip. You've got to, got to skip. Don't skip facts. Don't skip reality, but skip the fools that surround Random you and dig you in the back. Skip the negativity and focus on the positivity. Skip, skip to success. Random Thank you, David, and I'll see you next week. Au revoir, sir. Thank Au you. Au revoir. Thank you,